Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, a curated streaming service that is dedicated to elevating great cinema from around the globe. For your free 30-day trial subscription, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Young girl, get out of my mind. My love for you is way out of line. Better run, back. Ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for thefilmstage.com. I, of course, am Brian J. Ron. With me today, we have Robin Barr. You mean I'm going to be a daddy? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> can we look forward to an entire episode of that? I think you can. Oh, Christ. Okay. All right, and uh, with us today <laughs> to talk about the newest film from Sofia Coppola, Priscilla, it is Katerina Dekolovich. Hello, thank Did you so much right? for having me. Dekolovich, close, close. Dekolovich. Am I just, close. I don't know. <laughs> no, you bought it, you bought it. I got the Katerina part right. You crushed it. My Elvis is not as good as Robin's, I'm not even going to try. No, do it. She just... No. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. I'm not going to try to force you to. Um, I am not going to try either then. Uh, <laughs> Robin gets to stand alone on the Elvis stuff. Um, Robin, but now you have to do Elvis the whole time. Oh, God. No. You have yep, to. Go full, I'm going to go full Austin Butler. Full yeah. <laughs> two, two episodes from now, we'll be talking about whatever we're talking about, the holdovers or whatever. And you'll just be like, I really thought Paul Giamatti gave it his all. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. All right. I did do an Elvis. That's cool. Yes, you did. All right. Katerina, would you like to introduce yourself to our listening audience? Yeah. Hi. Um, I'm Katerina. I write about films mostly at um, Pace Magazine and Merry-Go-Round Magazine. Um, I also have a Substack, uh, which is the cool thing that all the kids are doing now. Uh I called it Video Spot after the video store in the movie The Fisher King. Um, you can find that at katerinaduck.substack.com just to get the plugs, getting the plugs out of the way, you know? Yeah, we like top. to get the plugs out of the way because um, we come down from three hours of tangents and like yeah. professional movie Not reviewing. three hours. The last thing you want to do is uh, plug a Substack. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I'm still I'm still chained to Twitter like a, like a saw victim is chained to a radiator. So you can find <laughs> me on Twitter. I've been there on 10 years, been there, been on there for 10 years. So were you like eight when you started? Uh, what was 10? I was 15. Oh my god. 2013. Wait, how old are you? I'm 25. Oh, god damn it, Robin. Why do you get uh, Sorry. I'm sorry. Well, you know, if I'm you're sorry. like Priscilla, if you're right for the part, you're right for the <laughs> oh, part. No. Exactly. <laughs> Let's go. Wow. It's gonna be one of those episodes. All right. Yeah. Robin, uh, Robin's grooming me. Robin, by your name. She's grooming me. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, not the first time that Robin has been accused of grooming a guest. No way. I'm, because I pick nits out of their hair? Yeah, I was going to say, but usually it's just because she gives them a delightful French braid before they come on. <laughs> we're gonna, we're all going to unionize. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsies. What would the first collective demand be of the people who unionize? Um, that's a great question. Not three hours of pain. <laughs> yeah. Jesus yeah. Um, cool. Anyway, so we are very lucky to have you. Thank you so much for being here. 
thank you for having me. This is so great. I'm super excited. And you sound like you mean it. So I'm very excited as well. I do mean it. I do mean it. It's been my dream for a stranger to reach out on Twitter and ask me to be on their podcast. Oh, good. That's not even a joke. Totally creepy about it. No, not (laughs) even a joke. That was dead serious. I'm glad. I don't even I don't even know what's happening right now. I'm so confused. It's part of my, you know, process. It's part of your grooming It's process. part of Robin's grooming process. <laughs> like the front man of a early 2000s emo band, Robin loves to reach out to young mm-hmm. women. <laughs> I'm a real on Connor on X. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Woof. All right. Um, so we've started off super strong. Um, and I just don't even, I think we should just end this now, but we won't. Uh, you can follow <laughs> us on Twitter. Yes, it's still Twitter to my aged mind. Um, at Film Stage Show, uh, Facebook, The Film Stage Show. Email us, podcast at thefilmstage.com with your long form thoughts. And of course, you can become a patron, uh, talking about plugs, by going to patreon.com slash The Film Stage Show. For as little as $1 an episode, you get access to our super cool Slack channel. And a first crack at a bunch of giveaways that we do. So you should uh, 100% do that if you are enjoying listening to this. So that's uh, that's about it. We are also brought to you by Mubi, which is a curated streaming service that is dedicated to elevating great cinema from around the globe. Uh, from iconic directors to emerging auteurs, there's always something new to discover. With Mubi, each and every film is hand-selected, so you can explore the best of cinema streaming anytime, anywhere. I wanted to take a moment today to talk about uh, Mubi's release, Family Romance, LLC, uh, by Werner Herzog from 2019, those halcyon days. Um, The synopsis is as follows. Love is a business at Family Romance, a company that rents human stand-ins for any occasion. Uh, The founder helps to make his client's dream come true, but when the mother of a 12-year-old Mahiro hires Ishii to impersonate her missing father, the lines between acting and reality threaten to blur. So this is a great movie that I did not have a chance to see previously, and I'm very glad that it's back on the movie platform. So that I crazy movie. Check it out. I it I mean it has to be. (laughs) I'm a fan. Great movie. Awesome. And for fans of classic animation, Popeye the Sailor meets Sinbad the Sailor from 1936. Sounds uh, like a porno. It is, in fact, a cartoon (laughs) where Popeye the Sailor. (laughs) I mean, that's not mutually exclusive. All right. True. Um, I don't need to know how you get blink, blink. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And the final one. Oh yeah, go on. The final one I want to point out is Ida. Um, which is a uh, oh, yes. 2013 film from Denmark um, from Pavel Pavlikovsky. And we talked about this on uh, the early days of this podcast. It is phenomenal. I really love it. And I am uh, very glad that uh, it is available to watch on movie. Um, what were you going to say? Fallen Leaves. Fallen Leaves, November 17th, movie release. Excellent. Aki Kurismaki. Very good. It's also 80 minutes long, so you have no excuse. <laughs> That's only like two and a half to three episodes of Frasier. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, so now that we've done the standard talk about a movie's length in terms of Frasier episodes, <laughs> um, I think uh, we can uh, move on. Uh, don't forget, actually, to go to MUBI.com slash filmstage, MUBI.com slash filmstage for a free 30-day trial. So you can watch all those great movies that we just talked about.
including uh, Popeye the Sailor Man, uh, which is not, as Robin inferred, a porno. Man. <laughs> Sorry, Robin. <laughs> Um, I'm sure RedTube has something for you. Is RedTube still a thing? Shrimp tube. Red tube. I have no. I could not say I. I know or not. I feel like it says a lot about me that I can't confidently state the like name of a porn site. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. All right. Oh, boy. Anyway, we are not here to talk about pornography. Uh, we are here to talk about Priscilla. Uh, yeah, the, this movie is the opposite of pornography. <laughs> let's just be it honest. Is the opposite of pornography. Uh, before we get into that, um, coming off our hiatus. Uh, and um, yeah, I'm curious, Robin, is there any new updates in your life you want to tell people about? Oh, good question. Um, I don't even that caught me off guard. Know. I don't know. No, it's just been a busy time. Sweet. Um, I, uh, just, just a scant half an hour ago learned that I did not win my election for city council and I'm actually pretty amped about it. So (laughs) yeah, let's go. Yeah. So let's talk about Priscilla now that we've gotten all the personal nonsense out of the way. Um, this movie again, directed by Sofia Coppola, um, stars Kaylee Spaney and, uh, Jacob, am I saying this right? Alordi? I think it's Alordi. Alordi? Alordi? I think it's a Lordy, right? Alordi. Alordi. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you know oh, he's Australian? Is yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was. I, I learned that. I learned that when this movie came out. I yeah, I had no idea. I've seen him in so many things. He's a tall ass man. Wait, what have you seen? Yeah, him? he's very tall. Yeah. Um, the kissing booth films. Wow. All okay. three. Uh, not three totally. Kissing booths. Not totally consensually like i had to watch them for reasons and then i also saw, i mean i've seen him in euphoria obviously 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 yeah he's a very menacing man did you see saltburn yet That's not yet i'm Maybe excited either. brideshead uh, revisited is it is it this guy is clearly popping i'm shocked that he hasn't somehow uh post been added to dune as well Oh my god, he hasn't. There's still time. There's I know, still time. like they can. It's not out somewhere. yet. Yeah. They can still do it. I saw a lot of things on X the other day that were like, you know, this should have been the day that Dune Two opened. Yeah, I was. Uh, mm. Everyone's like, the box office is doing so terrible because the there's no Dune Two. It's like, okay, we have Priscilla, we have the holdovers. Like, okay. there's some. Yeah, thank you. I am super excited to talk at that first about my my like first impression of priscilla which was just getting into the theater but anyway before okay. we do that mm. this movie as i've said like 16 times now directed by Sophie coppola stars all those people i just said and um i'm gonna read the imdb synopsis because i enjoy reading these because i like to see how batty they can get when teenager priscilla blue meets elvis presley the man who's already a meteoric rock and roll superstar becomes someone entirely unexpected in private moments. A thrilling crush, an ally in loneliness, a vulnerable best friend. I don't feel like that fully encapsulates this movie, which charts the relationship between Priscilla and Elvis Presley in intimate detail. And uh, we're here to talk about it. Before we do that, let's play just a wee little bit of the trailer to give people a taste of Priscilla. Hi. What's your name? Priscilla Boyer. You like Elvis Presley? Of course. Who doesn't? 
What are the kids listening to these days? Bobby, Darren, Fabian, and you. <laughs> Just what is the intent here, Mr. Presley? You got women throwing themselves at you. Why my daughter? Well, sir, I happen to be very fond of your daughter. She's much more mature than her age. 21! All right, that is part of the trailer for Priscilla. We were here to talk about today. Let's begin with our guest, Katarina. What do you think of Priscilla? Um, I'm definitely. What did you know of Priscilla beforehand? Was that the question, Robin? Yeah, like what was her place in your life before you saw the movie? So I did read the 1985 memoir of Elvis and Me, but just before watching the film. Before that, not really very much. I saw the Elvis movie obviously, which I feel like we're going to talk about because it's going to be difficult to talk about this movie without talking about the Elvis movie. Right. Two, um, I listened to a lot of Lana Del Rey growing up. So (laughs) I feel like Priscilla's kind of spirit is very much one that Lana emulates, obviously, like aesthetically. Um, So not, I didn't really know too much. I'll be, I'll be real. She wasn't a big figure in my life before this movie. Um, but my thoughts on, I, I'm a really big fan. I really liked it. I'm a big Sofia Coppola fan in general. Um, so I was happy that this one was really good. Cause her last two were maybe not bangers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Which films were they again? <clears throat> so we have everyone's favorite film from 2020 on the rocks starting, oh, starring God. Rashida Jones and Bill Murray famously um apple and apple tv plus release let's go and then the beguiled (laughs) the beguiled in 2017 which was the remake of the clint eastwood movie but it had Colin Farrell in it i forgot she did that i liked that movie i think yeah that one's better that was part of the summer of poison mushrooms wasn't it yes it was (laughs) yes yes yeah the the smaller one not maybe not the bigger one. Yes, it was the, the smaller yeah. mushroom summer. Poison mushrooms. I had completely forgotten on the rocks existed. I was about to say you yeah. and everyone else. God, I, I mean, I, I mean for, so much so that I didn't even remember that she directed it. I just thought she produced it. It was the year of all the film festivals being very much online right. mm. in 2020. So that's kind of why I, I, it sticks out in my brain, maybe like watching Nomadland and on the rocks <laughs> on my laptop at home, thinking that we were all going to die of COVID. I mean, also it was Apple TV plus like that was like their first year yeah. of existence, wasn't it? Like not a lot. Yeah. That was before Ted Lasso got them like dozens of subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but I like that this one is kind of a return to like a Sofia Coppola drama because obviously it is a quote unquote like Elvis movie, um, but it's also just a Sofia Coppola drama about a girl dating a musician who's 10 years older than her who thinks that he's the first person to ever read a book. Um, <laughs> which, accurate, is 20s men. which is great. I mean, all the musicians that are in insert city here brooklyn silver lake whatever i feel like it it kind of works so that's yeah I, I i like obviously the production design the costume design um how the art direction really tells the story in a 
in a subtle way. I mean, it's, it's classic Sofia Coppola, you know, it's, we've, we got Marie Antoinette too on our hands, folks, which, which was hated when it came out. So um, yeah. it was, and it has gained a yeah. following for sure. I, it has. I was shocked to learn that it was hated when it came out. I went and saw that with my friend, Tony, and we fucking loved it. And because you're on the right side of history. Yeah. As I always am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was like one of those things where I was just like, this movie rules. I And I just, I guess I never spoke to another living human being about it. Because when I saw people on, on Twitter being like, oh, remember when everyone hated that? I was like, no, I literally have no recollection of that. Yeah, because I think it's one of her best box office, not to be like box office mojo numbers, but I think that one's one of her best financial hits too. I think Even if I mean, it was critically disliked, I'm not sure. It was one of those movies that was obviously controversial when it came out, has certainly gained a following, but it also, I think in some people's minds, and I agree with this, it kind of created a genre of historical drama that has since become very popular. So, you know, it was very, I mean, at the time, because I was like, I don't know, 16 or something when it came out, people were like, I can't believe she put in all of this uh, modern music and like this is offensive and blah 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 and because a knight's tale did all that shit and actually i don't know if people liked a knight's tale they they did <laughs> but i think they expected because of um uh oh my god what's that a loss in translation i think they were expecting something that had maybe like more gravitas or something oh, and no. so like people me? were just like i can't believe she did this and then now that's like a whole that, that you know that's bridgerton that's um the great that's the favorite like yeah all of these you know i don't even know like modernized costume dramas have all taken their cue from marie antoinette which uh, yeah which again is like insane because that's it was like uh, just it's shocking to me because i was what 19 years old and me and my friend who like we're not like the most serious of human beings like we were wasted all the time and like everything in fact yeah i'm looking at this i had to look it up cuz i was like we saw this like the week after the departed came out cuz we would crazy. we would go see like a, a new movie no this movie. movie came out in 05 i thought no so i'm looking here and it says marie antoinette october 20th united states of 2020 or 2006 and the departed was okay. october 6th of 2006 because I remember we were we were living in um, uh, the same dorm. We'd moved into a dorm together for our the beginning of our sophomore year, um, and yeah, he and I would go see like at least one movie a week, and like we were fucking amped for Marie Antoinette. And we went and we saw it, and we were like, "This rules! This is like a perfect way to like get across the idea of what she was to those people at that time, putting it through a lens, and also like mm-hmm. just, just like." Kirsten Dunst was like stunning. I don't know. Like this, great soundtrack. The soundtrack was a girl. We both flipped out when we saw a pair of chucks among her shoes. We thought that was the coolest thing ever. Like, yeah, love Marie Internet. I can't believe when I was like clicking around the internet a couple days ago and saw that apparently people didn't like it when it first came out. Anyway, we've gone on a massive Marie Antoinette tangent, but I think it's deserved. But it's absolutely relevant well, because they're, they're companion similar. films. You yeah. know what? I just remembered. Holy shit. I I like one of my first tweets was to Sofia Coppola when she was on Twitter. And I mentioned something about feeling, and this is like such a fucking me thing to say, feeling a lot of Malik in certain aspects of Rie Antoinette. And she like tweeted back and said like, yeah, absolutely. Like I was watching 
Days of Heaven or something as like inspiration or something. I can't. I probably can never find this tweet again. But um, yeah, it was like the coolest moment of my life. I was like, holy shit, she tweeted me back. Uh, back when Twitter was young, and so was I. When Twitter existed. Yeah. Sophia Coppola was on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, this is news to me. This was like this was legitimately like two thousand Wild West days. So <laughs> yeah. so in your mind, uh, Katarina, this film is a return to form for her. Yeah, certainly. I think because I think the bling ring is kind of similar in the vein. I mean, technically, it, the bling ring is also a period piece because it came out in twenty thirteen. Looking back at two thousand six, right? So. Mm-hmm. Um, you, and then you kind of have the the soundtrack of music. Right. I don't know. I think I just think it's she's back. She's back. All right, Robin Barr. What about you? What are you, what did you know of, or what was your relationship with Priscilla? And then uh, what did you think of the movie Priscilla? Okay, so I kind of realized a very interesting fact the other day that I have seen more Priscilla Presley movies than I have seen Elvis movies. Because I've at least seen two that she was the starring figure, and those were the Naked Gun films. The Naked Gun. And I have never seen an Elvis movie. So Priscilla has definitely been much more a part of my life than Elvis. I think I got into Elvis lore in like seventh or eighth grade, so like 12, 13. And I must have been watching, I don't know, VH1 must have had so much Elvis shit at the time. Like maybe it was a behind the music, or maybe it was. Um, you know, they have those like, uh, what do they call them? The the TV movies, you know, the biopic movies. So I've definitely learned a lot more about the Elvis sort of mythology from, from that time in my life. And no shit, I thought Priscilla was the most beautiful woman I had ever seen. Her whole aesthetic was, it it in some ways very much inspired the look that I love, which is, the bouffant black hair, the eyeliner that is so thick and dark and cat eye and like just rimmed. And that is the look I have now. I mean, it's like literally the eye makeup I wear every single day, the just pale as shit skin. Like that to me was like the epitome, not so much like paleness is like the most important thing, but you know, as a pale person, I was just like, Oh, this is, this is how, I'm supposed to look with like dark hair and light eyes. And I dyed my hair black for many years. And like my wedding was like fully bouffant. And I, in many ways, I still think that Priscilla is just like this absolutely stunningly beautiful person, or at least, you know, the, the Priscilla of the mid sixties and, you know, watching this film, one of the things I really loved about it. And I really, really liked this movie. um, It is, very much the opposite of the Baz Luhrmann Elvis, um, which is fully razzle dazzle. And this movie is like hazy daisy, you know, it's just, it's like filmed with gauze and it's, it's um, not sleepy in a bad way. Like I didn't think it was badly paced. It's yeah. It's, it's dreamy. It's um, it's Vaseline on the lens. It, it, it just totally drew me in visually and it's so feminine, um, just like the costuming, the production design, the little details that the camera captures. You know, it's, it's so very Coppola in general. So I, I agree with you there, Katarina, that it that it feels like a 
like a full-blown Coppola movie in a way that maybe her last couple of features haven't so much, but it, it it's just so, um, I don't want to call it romantic in the, in the sense of like boy meets girl, but romantic as in like the style, um, you know, capital R romantic. It just, um, yeah, it just really threw me. The soundtrack was perfect. And of course I want to get into more of the details of the performances, but I was just, really struck by how much it entranced me and um yeah just like just kind of visually beautiful and i loved um how much coppola pays attention to the physical transformation so obviously it's very much about how this young 14 year old girl is groomed by elvis and loves him but is always kept at a distance to some degree and he and she's treated like um and so it's a Madonna whore complex where mm-hmm. he just elevates her to this, like she is absolute purity to him and thus, mm-hmm. you know, cannot be defiled in any way. And then you watch her go from this, you know, innocent, quote unquote, innocent schoolgirl, like brown, brown fringe and ponytail. And then suddenly over time, her vis- physical transformation is so remarkable to me. Um and he's putting her in these clothes and she's looking so much more sophisticated than he's like, dye your hair. Uh, if you, you know, put, the, if you rim your eyes, they'll look so blue. And, and he's really creating an, an image of a perfect woman that he has no interest in devouring. Um, she almost exists as like a, as a piece of art to him. Um, so I just, I, I find that so interesting. Like I kept waiting like, you know, what's going to happen. Like, you know, that she's going to physically become this, uh, not this iconic version of herself that I knew she was going to become, you know, the famous wedding photos where her hair Mm -hmm. is like 20 inches high. And, um, and she, and it's just so of that era. And I was just like waiting, waiting, waiting. And it's this slow buildup. And then suddenly you, you physically see it or you visually see it. And, it was so satisfying to me. Um, and, and again, I want to talk more about the performances, but it's it it really hit that sweet spot for me, um, just kind of seeing Coppola sort of create this portrait. So in a way, Elvis kind of created your look, Robin. In a way, yeah. <laughs> I am I am fulfilling <laughs> yeah. Elvis's name. <laughs> um yeah. That's it's awesome. true. It's 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 so iconic to me. I always think of the the image of her getting off the plane when she's going back to Germany and she's just like crying and like her mm. eyeliner is everywhere after Vegas and her hair is a gigantic mess. And her, and her parents, parents are, like, are like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I no, love that. That. that was that was a big laugh moment in the theater. Yeah, um, same for me. Same for my theater. Yeah, I um I have literally nothing to go on for Priscilla previous to honestly Elvis in this movie she she was not in any way a part of my life growing up but like to be fair like outside of his music neither was Elvis like these are people mm-hmm. like I was fair. aware of both of them but like he had music that was everywhere I don't I've never seen one of his movies I don't think like I got nothing man like <laughs> you know I know some of the music um, I know the hip swinging and I know bloated, uh, you know, Las Vegas, but that's like it. So like when we watched Elvis, the movie, that was actually a really big moment for me to be like, right. Okay. I understand now. 
Yeah, like, same. I got, I got some stuff going on here. And I actually think that my enjoyment of this movie, um, seeing Elvis by Baz Luhrmann, was actually essential to me liking this movie and understanding it. Ab- I agree. They are companion pieces. Well, because it's kind of like a counter. Because it's like a counterpoint. Kind yeah, of. Yes. It's like, yeah. it's like um, you know, a, a, a story told from two different directions. And you're like, here we have the the coked out amphetamine driven rise to stardom. You know, you get to see the cultural impact that he had and understand the magnetism. And then you, you get to chart his surprise and fall. And then in this movie, you suddenly like whiplash around and you're like, right. But also in the center of this whole crazy thing, looking at it with the eyes of a young girl was a young girl who ended up tied to this man. And the reason that, She's not in a lot of Elvis is because honestly, she wasn't in a lot of his life. She was kept well, in a very specific place for a very specific purpose. I feel like I Elvis also thought she was. Oh, go ahead. Oh, just it's more about his relationship with Tom Hanks, Colonel Parker. Yeah. And I kept, I, I kept yeah. waiting. I kept waiting for Colonel Parker to like pop out like a jump scare. <laughs> I would have loved it if one. it was still played by Tom Hanks. <laughs> exactly. Um, but he's not in it because it's not about Elvis's like doom and i mean it is about his descent into you know drug addiction eventually um but it's more about priscilla's um perspective and she was kept out of all of that stuff yeah which was interesting but i think that like if i hadn't seen elvis the movie um i would not have understood what the fuck was going on a lot of the time in this movie i would have been like who's this colonel that he keeps talking about and honestly in thinking about it i was like let's try to erase all of your knowledge of Elvis from the movie Elvis. What would you, who have you, who would you have thought the Colonel was? And I was like, honestly, I might've confused the Colonel with her dad because. Yeah. Like a military person. Yeah. I was like, I know her dad is like a slightly high ranking military guy. And like at the end of the movie, I was like, I can't remember what he was. General Colonel, maybe. But I, I, I think that it actually works out really well. And I, I loved this movie. It, it, I agree with everything you both said. Um, especially Robin, you were talking about like the gauziness of it. It definitely, you know, if if um if air had started playing at some point, I would have been into it, you know, like Virgin Suicide style. Oh, I thought you meant the movie. <laughs> no. Wait, is there a movie called Air? <laughs> Isn't that the yeah. the Jordan Michael Jordan movie? Oh yeah, it is. Wow. I like that movie and I totally forgot its name. Um <laughs> That was 2023, my dude. Yeah. Was that wait, that movie wasn't released this year, was it? It was. It's been a long, it's been a long ass year. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, legitimately. Um, Jesus Christ. Oh boy. Like the fact you, you've just ruined the rest of this podcast for me. Cause <laughs> now I have to wrestle with the fact that air came out this year. Um, oh my God. All right. Anyway. Yeah. No, Clearly one of your favorites. I really liked, liked it. it. The funny thing <laughs> oh, is, wow. I actually enjoyed I made my family watch it when we were at the beach. They all liked it. Wow. But That's like, such a like make your dad and brothers watch movie. The, legitimately, so like we watched it with my family, and then like the next night we watched Greyhound, the oh, Tom Christ. Hanks boat movie. Like it was the some of the most dad movie stuff ever. But everyone really liked both of them. What was I saying? This movie's really good. Um, I I really I really you know many times on this podcast I have been the person ranting in the corner. Um, about uh, very awkward, problematic relationships. Um, Call Me By Your Name and uh, Licorice Pizza spring to mind. And I am glad to see a movie unflinchingly 
look at this relationship and examine all parts of it and see it from all directions. There are still aspects of it where I, as a father, am sitting there like losing my mind. Because you're like, you can't imagine ever consenting right. to Cora doing yeah. something like this. Fucking 100%. If someone, if some dude approached my 14 year old daughter in a malt shop. Well, not just some dude, like Harry, you have Harry Styles, like coming after your, your girl. Yeah. No, no, no. Because at first it's some dude who's like, hey, I'm oh, you mean Terry. Harry Styles. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you want to come to his house? Ha- like, you know, okay, first of all, he's getting murdered and buried in a shallow grave. <laughs> because that's just so weirdly, like, predatory. And I'm just like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? This guy's, like, out here? Like, the 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 glowing tendril of an anglerfish trying to lure my child into the gaping maw of the anglerfish? Like, this is insane. And then for them to be like, you can't go. And then she goes. And then for them to be like, well, you can't go out alone. And then he comes over and like talks to them. And then they do that. And then they fucking sign over guardianship to send her to America. And he gets like, I was just like, I don't, I need an entire movie now about the parents and this decision-making process. I really did uh, admire um, Dagmara Dominicic. She, first of all, what a woman. Like that is like, (laughs) she is just like a presence yeah i love her in succession and i even in this very small part i was like more dagmara please she's great in succession she's great in we own this city i definitely kind of wish there was more of her in it i same in in seeing her i was like oh this is going to be like a huge presence throughout the movie but legitimately once she goes to america like we never see her parents again she she's there at the wedding very very briefly yeah but like yes really all i can remember and like she has like a line you hear through a wall that's like if we say no like she'll find a way like this way at least and i'm like that is like scary to me like the concept of it was almost like oh our daughter's joining a cult and we have to be okay mm-hmm. with it or else she's going to like disassociate from us or whatever they call it in scientology when you stop talking to people um oh yes because they're a suppressive person i will yeah. say um it reminded me of this famous story of Steven Tyler yes. um, adopting a 14 year old girl. No, have becoming, a I've never heard guardian. this story. Yeah. Oh so Steven God, Tyler, yes. who was, you know, famous from Aerosmith sure. you know, at the height of his career, probably in the seventies, I think he le- became the legal guardian of a 14 year old girl. So he could bang her legitimately. That's cra- That's crazy. Yeah. Where's that movie? Probably <laughs> I think he's going to make Probably Who's gonna make that for movie? Him to die, <laughs> like in all honesty. I mean, um, David Bowie was also has stories about shit like this too. Yeah, and there's a part of me where I'm like, you know, like I didn't accept it in Call Me by Your Name when someone was like, "Well, it was the '80s." At least in this one, I'm like, "Well, it was like 1959, I guess." Like, I don't know. Coming off, no, it was wars, weird like, even back then. Because yeah, and I, with, um, I appreciated that the movie showed literally every other human being. Like, um. She's kind of young, isn't she? Well, like, like when Jerry Lee Lewis married his 13-year-old cousin, it wasn't just like, oh, it's, you know, it's the 50s. Like, people thought that was fucking weird. Yeah, and that was the 50s. Yeah, but not weird enough to, like, do something about it. Like, no, his career tanked. Oh, that's good for him then. I mean, it's not good for him. It's good about that situation. Yeah, we, we approve. <laughs> I, I do, yeah. I'm pro-cancel culture when it involves fucking a teenager. Um, well, not to not to just list pedophile musicians, but like <laughs> Michael Jackson, like those parents. Oh, oh my God. I mean, yeah. come on. 
there's weird yeah. about so like what's weird about that Come is on, like, that's were still, still very controversial there were still denials, yeah but it's true stuff oh yeah 100 um do i legally have to say allegedly i don't even care no one listens to this um parody <laughs> i'm shielded by our slight irrelevance but like that's like, oh, there's like, he would say no, like that never happened. It was something different. But these people like straight up fucking goddamn married these people. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a very like intense like thing where it's just like out in the open like this. And everyone's just like, yeah, no, that's just how, that's how Elvis rolls, I guess. Um, but there's I, a lot of good uh, age gap movies this year, actually. Like May, December is oh, a pretty good, Brian, pretty good Brian's age gap a field one. day with that one. Are we Ooh, talking about that one? Nice. I'm, I'm excited. It, we may or may not. We'll see. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not the type of person who's like, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio is dating another 25-year-old. That's gross. That's pedophilia. It's literally not. But we have a lot of movies about people hooking up with teenagers, and it's very distressing. And every time we watch one of them, I keep saying, the movie's not doing a good enough job of making me accept this or making me believe that the people who made this movie fully understand what they're dealing with. Like Licorice Pizza was like that. Call Me By Your Name was 100% like that. This movie, I was like, this is being told through a lens that I feel comfortable that it understands all of the like the badness and the complexity of this, but also is still treating the the quote unquote victim as a real person with agency and everything else. So I, this is like, if someone now in the future is like, well, what do you want from a movie like this? I'll point at Priscilla and clear my throat. Yeah. And I think, I think that comes a lot from her doing, I don't know if she was in therapy or whatever, but her growing as a person and like writing this book and like Mm -hmm. her at like kind of after the, the timeline of the movie, like looking back on this time in her life and like being able to see herself, in a kind of a different way. Whereas like when she was so deep in it, obviously she was like that teenage girl who was just so in love with Elvis. And then obviously as she got older and divorced him, she was able to be like, right. It's, it's okay. Not I was in a cold. It's like the fog of war. Right. Yeah. yeah. The fog of war is a great term for it. Cause it's not romanticized. It's not boulderized. It, this is a very clear eyed, naturalistic, emotionally naturalistic. I should say it's still, you know, stylized in a way, but I mean, it, it was, it was just such a good movie. Sat there the entire time, loved the fuck out of it. My audience loved it too. What's crazy is I walked in, because I I don't know, I go to see a movie that's not uh, like a Marvel film or like a $200 million blockbuster or whatever, and the movie theater is full on a, like even on a Friday night, I walk in, the movie theater is packed, and I find my seat and I'm sitting down, and I'm looking around, and I'm just like, I'm in the wrong theater. Like this can't be correct like i you thought you were here for the marvels or no i thought i was like accidentally in like a taylor swift eras tour theater i was just like i i was like there's no way that all these people are here to watch priscilla and then like it came on and priscilla came up and there was like a titter of excitement i was like i am fucking in love right now like this sophia coppola's impact yeah i I was she has shooters I was so goddamn excited like at that point i was like this is why i go to the movies it felt honestly like i did when I went and saw Oppenheimer, there's something mm-hmm. incredible. That like numinousness. Yeah. It's you're sitting in a theater. There are people all around you who are so excited for this movie and not just to see a movie, but to see this movie made by these people. Mm-hmm. And that did you see, energy. You saw Killers of the Flower Moon. I did. In the yes. theater. I, yeah. I feel like I felt that energy. 
I don't know that I felt the energy in that. Really? Yeah, no. It was weird because, like, I was pretty full and, like, people were clearly excited. But, like, when the the movie started for Oppenheimer and for Priscilla, there was, like, almost a palpable, like, intake of breath. And Killers of the Flower Moon was almost a little more ruminative. Like the Marty like, fans weren't out, huh? They were out, but they were like <laughs> leaning forward instead of like gripping their seats and being like, oh, uh, okay. Happening. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt that buzz, but not at Priscilla. Priscilla, I mean, there was plenty of people in the, in the screening. I was almost surprised. But the holdovers at like three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon was packed. I mean, there were like no seats and we were fully the youngest people in that audience. Well, that's like, like a bring your whole family movie. Like yeah. that you want to see that with your mom, your grandma, your aunt. That's like, so, you know, that's kids. like the Alexander Payne. <laughs> he just does that. Like where you just, you, you know, you go with mom. Like that's that kind of movie. And we'll talk about the holdovers at some point. But I mean, that was like surprisingly an energetic audience. Um, whereas I didn't have that so much with Priscilla. It was a lot of like, the sounds that I heard were people eating food, like clanking. Oh, the person next to me was like eating forks. Like, I don't know what the hell she was chewing <laughs> yeah. on. But everyone's like, she what did you bring to the movie theater that you're clanking a fork against something glass? You, like, I, there was like something that was like, I think it was, it was at one of those like diner theater things. And it was like, uh, come, come see Priscilla. Here's like a weird giant beer and also like an incredibly large ham sandwich. And it was just like, uh, that's bananas. I can't believe that's what's on the menu. Wow. But yeah, this movie well, was I, great. I remember going to see Bling Ring in the theater in 2013. And I was like a freshman in high school, kind of. Oh, my God. And Tell me. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Stop sorry. making references to how old you were uh, at certain times. You're making I, me old I had to. Old. Well, just I just wanted to be like, uh, just how excited I was to see the Bling Ring in the theater because I... I, you grew I, up with Hermione. I, I grew up, mm-hmm. well, no, it was more like I was excited to discover Sofia Coppola at that time and just how much fun that movie was. Like, I don't remember if it was packed or like what time it was or anything, but I remember that experience of, I think I was too young because it was rated R. I was too young. That's how young I am. Guys. <laughs> um, so I had to sneak in and I remember feeling like a little badass. Okay, that's legendary. Sneaking into the bling ring. Yeah. Like, you didn't even sneak into anything, like, sexy or violent. It was just, like, bling ring. Art. <laughs> Art. That's, that's really how, funny. That's how hardcore I was as a child. I snuck into the bling ring. <laughs> so, what did people think of Lordy? Because, on the one hand, for me, he he is a beautiful man. Elvis was a beautiful man. And he embodied that sort of physical presence um, just by being like tall as fuck and having like a pretty face where to me, Austin Butler was much more Elvis in spirit and performance Mm -hmm. and almost like guilelessness, but not as beautiful a man as Elvis. Um, So it, it, they kind of like, did you just counterbalance? Not that he's ugly. It's that it's that Elvis, he's not ugly at all. It's that Elvis almost has um like a femininely beautiful face and austin butler does not have that same beauty to him like he's a good looking man but doesn't really look like him in the way that like jonathan reese myers 
looks like Elvis and has that um, symmetry and the the eyes and all of that. Like, El- now, don't get me wrong, Austin Butler, I think, was a much stronger performance and he could have easily won the Oscar last year. So if it wasn't I, for the whale. Well, and, and we like the, I mean, per- yeah, hmm. I like the whale. We were kind of uh, outliers <laughs> in that we liked the whale. <laughs> but I mean, ultimately, I, you know, Alordi. I don't know. He fell sh- a little short for me, or maybe it was just all about Kaylee Spaney. And I think it was all know, about Kaylee Spaney. I, I think Austin Butler. So like, if I had to like say it in a very hack way, I think Austin Butler is the way that the world saw Elvis and Jacob yeah. Elordi is the way that like Priscilla sees Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that the movie does a lot of work to that. Cause like, we don't see him perform that much. Like we, the one time we kind of really no. get a look at it, when it, not not in that house party is when it's on TV, and um, it is definitely a different kind of performance there than it is for like the rest of the movie. Yeah, I'm definitely of the mind that Elordi is the more like interior quote unquote performance mm. because he we see the like baby talking Elvis when he's just with Priscilla and he's talking about his his dead mom and his trauma and we see yeah. Elvis reading books and his quote-unquote spiritual phase <laughs> and his hairdresser you know whereas the austin butler one is i don't want to say it's a caricature but it's more clownish it is, so w- was elvis the movie where i came i came out and said something like you know I can't, someone had said like uh crap now i can't even remember how i said it i was something basically like this is an elemental story and he has to die like it it's just like mm. like the arc of a, of a star like a celestial body star is known but is still impressive and like this is how it must be um and this one is a lot more like this is a human being but yeah I, yeah and i, I so i kind of i kind of think they're actually both perfectly cast for what they need to be i feel like if you had kaylee spaney's performance against austin butler it would be fucking insane um but the, Jacob Elordi does a good job of, of, of augmenting the wounded humanity of Elvis that we need to see more of in this movie to really understand her like appeal. And I think the fact that we never really see him in star mode allows for the suspension of disbelief of like, this is not a girl who's just like screaming over a beetle or whatever. Like this is a girl who yeah. actually believes that she has found the hidden humanity of this idol of hers and is able to feel real and valuable because he expresses it with her which no matter how fucked up the relationship is which it's pretty fucked up that's still like weirdly beautiful in a strange way like like even as i was like squirming in my seat being like ew how old is he like they are pointedly not saying how old this man is um as he's like talking to this 14 year old girl but like the way that he shrinks because it doesn't have to be wikipedia Right. And the, but like the way that he's doing all this is like I my brain was slowly like adjusting to it just because it's like, well, I mean, like he's like this wounded guy and like all this other problem. Like, you know, oddly, like they are kind of like meeting in the middle somewhere. Like, but also you fuck Jesus. God, why are her parents? <laughs> okay with this? They don't have um, to comment on it because she's they've they've been dating for a while and she's living with him. And then she and then she graduates high school. <laughs> like, you don't have to comment on that. Yeah, you don't, you don't have, have to, to that and, out. And it's just, just there. And again, visually, I mean, this is a giant tall man. They cast her as this like actually diminutive child. 
And even just the way that they costume her, it keeps her in this mode of um, being like his Galatea in a way, like, like beneath him or kept sequestered by him. I mean, what I really love too, in terms of its um, relationship to Elvis, and obviously this is because both films did a lot of historical review, but you know, the way that they recreated Graceland, the way that they recreated the interiors of his intimate spaces, like his bedroom, were um, were very much in sync with each other, even though Elvis is like a bedazzled movie. Mm-hmm. And this is um, so much more, you know, hazy. And they exist within the same spaces. Like they really do feel like sequels or something to that effect um it felt really which again, weird really to works back in that house yes and you're like oh, i am i am in this house right. like, the, like i, I know before. that piano i know those yes. stairs i know that mirrored fireplace like this is crazy it was so strange it just did such a good job of i guess i that goes to show the um level of detail that they they went to recreate and of mm-hmm. course now i want to go to graceland so badly Look, um, but I, I really appreciated do, how they mirror each other. If you and their a budget line. was a lot smaller. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. They had a lot less money. Uh, yeah. Robin, I was going to say, if you want to do a live podcast from Graceland, let me know. I'll make that work. Girl, let's go. I, <laughs> I, need, I need to do another Tennessee trip. So Only if you promise to continuously call me girl the whole time. Girl. Girl. Let's go. Girl. We'll do it. Girl. Yeah. It's going to be great. Let's do it. But seriously, I, um, I was just like, oh, my God, they even got the like black leather you know, interior of the bedroom. It just felt so, um, again, mirroring. And I, and there are so many wonderful scenes in this film and one of my favorites, and maybe this is a spoiler. So one thing that we sort of see as this film progresses is not just that Priscilla gets continuously molded by him, but that he has a very, um, mutable personality. You know, he goes from being super loving to super distant he um there are moments where he is emotionally and physically abusive to her but then is immediately regretful like and i don't know if this is something from the book maybe you can tell us more about that cat but mm-hmm. he go, like one second later he's like oh i'm so sorry and i think that's what's so effective it's not like it it's not like you're sitting in the you're not like stewing in the pain he is so instantly regretful that she feels empathetic with him and mm-hmm. i think that's what keeps her so attached to him for so long is that he just he's not like lording this suppression over her it it it, it's like he is showing how quote-unquote vulnerable he is by being so um i don't know like not violent maybe yeah there are moments that he is like sort of volatile yeah Yeah. there are moments where he's violent but it's it's um you see much more of his wanting to just cut her loose that's even more painful when she's young she needs that affection like so Mm. badly she needs the kind of validation like when he's like oh you're gonna go stay with your parents like get her a ticket like she's headed out and then he's immediately like see like this is how much you you need me to take you to this point i think he says like you like you kind of need this so I think part of it is definitely him being regretful. And then part of it is like purposeful manipulation a little bit, even if it's like, you can argue how, where was he right. of That's, his behavior? 
But then her growth point later is when she's literally pregnant and he's like, oh, we should take a break. And she's like, okay, okay. where's yeah. my bag? I'll she's go. I'll go. Knows how to, she knows how You're to play like, the yeah. game now. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I, 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 again, like that, what Robin was saying, what you both were saying about like how quickly he snaps back. It, it allows for that uncertainty, uh, you know, cause like when you see like, I don't know, like a lifetime movie where someone's like a monster Mm-hmm. And it stays that way for yeah. a while. And then it's like hours or a day later where it's like, you know, it comes back with flowers. It's like, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. Because you had to live in the consequences of your action. In this movie, he does something and then snaps out of it immediately. And so it Which allows- makes it so much easier for him to, or for her to forgive him or right. feel. Because it's like, oh, he was literally out yeah. of control. And he instantly knew that it was a problem. It's a, it's a very different kind of abuse point. Because yeah. it feels less yeah. controlled and calculated. And so, again, you you have that sense of vulnerability that you can stick around with. And It's, it's like little, that beast mode thing. Yeah, and it's little things like that. Little insights, little, like, doses of reality that make this movie successful where so many other movies like this would be unsuccessful. Like, when he first gives her fucking amphetamines, he's mm-hmm. not like, this will really get you high. He's like, you know, I, I know you're uh, – I'm not even going to try the voice – I know you're having trouble <laughs> staying awake. Like this is the army gives us these. And he's like, yeah, like why wouldn't he give her those? Like that's what the army gives him. That's totally cool. And then he like is like, hey, this will help you sleep. Oh, right. You're like 12 pounds and 14. So obvi- or th- I think 16 at that point, maybe like, of course, but she just sleeps for two days. Yeah, totally Ridiculous. alarming and treated with such like shrug. Yeah, he's like, oh, I should have known that I was going to do that. And two days out of her trip, like, I felt that. Yeah, I would be fucking she was pissed so bummed too. I know. She was really bummed, and then they went to Vegas, and then she got 22, which was a funny moment. <laughs> which is yeah. 100% something I would do. I'm so so one of my favorite scenes in this movie, and it, and it kind of goes to this point, is that um, she's so desperate to sleep with him. Um, and not, I think, oh, just because yeah. she wants it's not just that she wants to feel desired, although that's a big part of it, but it, she she has her own sexual needs that are going unfulfilled no matter how hard she, you know, tries to be sort of sexually open with him. And, and he, again, he has this sort of complex where he'll like fuck his co-stars who are like sluts, basically not sluts, but you know what I mean? Wow. Like Hollywood they're, girls. They're career no, women. No, no, from his perspective. Oh, okay. I was like, from his perspective, they're like, you know, they're just like um, free-for-alls where they she's love their careers. untouchable girl that he, you know, he needs to elevate to like wifeliness and right. pedestal. You can't give Nancy stuff. Sinatra a pearl-handled automatic and expect her to respond that well. Yeah. And so, there, you know, there's a scene where after their marriage, she is dressed up in this black lingerie and she's got the black hair and they're taking photos of each other. And it's so... That's one of my favorite sequences in the movie. They're yeah. just, you know, it's so intimate. They're taking like, you know, essentially um big sexting pics, except they're obviously not sexting. And it and it's so beautiful. And then suddenly it turns very sour because yeah. they're they're doing a pillow fight. And I guess he took it a little too far, quote unquote. And she's just very upset by how um how much his anger electrifies in in unpredictable ways and at that point you know she's like i think you're taking too many pills and he basically tells her to fuck off in 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 as many words and that's to me the moment where it 
it is like two sides of the same coin. That's like maybe the height of their connection to each other mm. and their like, but their sexual connection, their intimacy, their sort of uh, husband and wifeliness. And then the moment where it, first of all, he, you know, pounds her with this, um, with this pillow and it's such a, a moment of rage and she, she it's, it breaks her. And I feel like that's kind of the beginning of the end. And it, it's such a beautifully match sequence. I, it, and just so visually stunning again, it, it I can't, it's like, there's some movies that are so much about story and plot. And this movie is about how, um, how, how the details and the visuals and the preciseness and the delicacy of the camera work just totally overtakes you. Mm-hmm. When he plays, he has to win. Mm-hmm. You can't play without winning. Can I ask kind of a goofy question? I would love yeah. to, to counterpoint your very, very eloquent and well thought out point. Uh, do we think that they fucked before they got married, even though they both maintain that they did not fuck before they got married? Robin? I definitely question it. Not so much like, like I, I shouldn't say like, oh, I don't believe her, but I think she when it was written and at that time of her life and, you know, wasn't too long after he died, she might have wanted to protect him a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. and you know, obviously she's an ex- executive producer in this film. So it's, it's sort of hagiographic in a, in a different way, but mm-hmm. I think it's possible that it, this is a narrative, but not necessarily the one that reflects the truth of their lives, but it's still like a, you know, it's like when the legend becomes fact, print the legend. It's so much more interesting if they did not have sex. Mm-hmm. Like how she says that he never saw her without makeup a single time. Like that, it's so myth. It's, it's such a great myth. A great yes, story. that is a exactly. Myth. I um yeah. I mean, ba- I mean, based on this movie, I actually yeah do think that they didn't have sex until after they were married. It, it, Brian it really believes does... women. Uh, yes, I believe women. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think it's possible, but is it probable? Robin doesn't believe know. women. Yeah, Robin does not. It's not that her. I don't believe her. <laughs> it's that I is that I could see her having um, a desire to protect either herself or the film or her parents because, or Elvis. well, exactly, you know, want to protect Elvis, but maybe there's a sense of like wanting to protect her parents from being villains for letting their child go. And so she, maybe she maintains this um, pretense of virginity to say, well, it was innocent. But what's weird is that it actually, I don't know. This is a weird thing to say, but it it almost makes him seem worse. It does. I think because it's so much more manipulative. Right. It's And and withholding. And it's so much more of the, of the like, no, I just respect you too much. Like, oh, uh, like I'm so you're so perfect and like just like this. Like it 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 is Oh, like it it is so much more of a like I want you to stay. Like when he's like stay how you are, like don't change and like when you say that to a fucking teenager, it's it's awkward as shit. Like Oh, it's like, fully humbled when you hey, say that. Yeah, you and should 100% immediately goes out a little bit. <laughs> Like, he immediately goes out and bangs people and it's very well documented and publicized. Yeah, but like yeah. you you know to yes, see his dick wet, but, Ew, please she, <laughs> but that's I mean that's ultimately what it is. So I he I just been, wants to go and get his rocks off and <laughs> it, but it, going back to Humbert Humbert, I mean that's the whole idea of that character is that he is so um 
entranced by a memory of a young girl that he fell in love with as a child Mm -hmm. that, you know, forever he projects this need to have a young girl preserved in his mind. And he's just seeking, you know, these young coquettes, these nymphettes. And I'm not saying that that is Elvis. I mean, per se, but there is a sort of element of needing to preserve her as this this flower but i mean the longer you try to preserve something the more it you know it um it not ferments that's not the word but like she she wilts under him ultimately well and then of course when she becomes a mother that image kind of changes right like especially with her relationship to Lisa Marie and she kind of realizes like oh I have my daughter think about too and of course Elvis sees her as as a the, as a mother now and it's instead of as the the young pretty flower yeah yes you know um I don't know this is the part where I I uh, always say like yeah having a child changes a lot of things it's um it's a very large inflection point in someone's life and um yeah like it, it it made all the sense in the world that after that happened that things would like come to more of a head and then she would eventually like leave because like how, you can't you can't stay in a situation like that where you're like tied to again i'm pretty sure it was the elvis podcast where i said like it's this meteoric thing like you know it, it must mm-hmm. be like this is a a godlike story and there's only one way these things end and if you are a human being charged with the care and nurturing of another human being you cannot stay tied to that and come out of it all right and um yeah no matter how complicated and messed up all that is you know you can't you cannot deny that people don't stay together for that goddamn long unless there's some actual like feelings there well she she claim oh no you go go ahead just that she she claims that they were really really close um, like she writes about in her book, like they were really, really close friends, like until he died, like they maintained a relationship even after yeah, their I mean, divorce. I mean, the leaving in this movie is not, you know, it's not, it's not filled with, you know, there's no more chairs being thrown. There's no mm-hmm. more like, shouting. right. It's like she's no like, acrimony. It's just distance. Yeah. She's like, look, I'm, I'm leaving. And he's like, no, this makes all the sense in the world to me. Like, yeah. And then he even says, like, maybe another time, another place. And it's like, yeah, if you weren't super famous, if we were closer to the same age, like, you know, yeah. just, this isn't happening. <laughs> and it was and it was good. And like and even like the lead, like there was no dramatics when she left. She she hugged Dodger goodbye. You know, they're all like, hey, like, bring bring Lisa around. Like, we're going to miss her. Like, and then yeah. she just left. It was. And it was it was almost like it was almost it's it's i don't want to say disappointing or sad but there is a feeling to having a relationship that's that intense and that otherworldly and that volatile and that cataclysmic and then it ends with a whimper like that yeah It, it is it is like death by a thousand cuts and a slow bleed and then but you're like you get out and you're 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 fine ish you know <laughs> yeah a lot of people yeah. in that position so my husband watched this movie with me and he was not as big a fan. Um, he was surprised that I liked it as much as I did. And one of his chief critiques was that it didn't elevate her beyond her relationship with Elvis. And I, I countered that saying, well, it's a very focused biopic. It's yeah. about this relationship. It's not about 
her as a, you know, her legacy or whatever, because she does go on to do very interesting things. First of all, she had um, a career in her own right as a celebrity. It wasn't like she wasn't A-list by any means, but she, you know, she, she was in movies and things. And she is also the reason that Graceland um, was revived. She kept the legacy of Elvis alive. Um, Her children, I don't think would have been able, like the reason that um, Lisa Marie and Riley Keogh and all of that, like they flourished because of in some ways her leadership, you know, her daughter was very young when he died and she kept that going. And, And the reason that Graceland and the Elvis estate or whatever Elvis Inc., is worth like bajillions of dollars is because of her. So she, to me, she's a very shrewd businesswoman in, in other ways. And I guess my husband had wanted to see more of that, but I was like, this doesn't need to be a, a mini series of her life. This is a very in, an intense part of her relationship and an intense part of this man's, you know, legend. And I think it deserved to be told. And, and frankly, I was so disappointed with, um, both the casting and treatment of Priscilla in in Elvis because she's so mm-hmm. such a non-entity and and right, looks yeah. nothing like her and does not capture her um her you know aesthetic presence or you know it, that was a really shunted aside thing for obvious reasons again as you mentioned Katarina like that movie was really about his relationship with the colonel but I digress to say that uh this movie succeeds I think because it is it is so zoned in um, on this very intense part of her life. Your husband wanted to see her dancing with the dancing with the star season. <laughs> I don't know. Naturally, <laughs> he was just like it, but you know, he was like ultimately, isn't Elvis the most important person in this movie by by this framing? And I was like, but, you know, but, I, like, I'm not well, reading it that way. Extent, he was the most important person in her life. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like. You can't like, yeah, 100 fucking percent. Like, unfortunately, like to her, he was everything first because he was a star and then because they they were, you know, in love and married. Like, so, yeah, why wouldn't he be the most important person in that movie? Like she called her she called her own memoir Elvis and me. Yeah. Like she put his name in the title of her book. Exactly. Because standing next to someone like that, like you, and I think one of the reasons that he, and they talk about this a lot in the movie, he's like, I want to be with you because I think that you understand the way that this has to be. Like you you are here because I believe that you were cool being in the shadows. And she was for a while, but like not the whole time. And she got out when she couldn't anymore. Like he kept her in Graceland that she's up, up, a palatial estate that she haunts like a ghost and is not allowed to go outside. Um, and yeah, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. Like it, it, the movie begins the instant before someone walks up and is like, Hey, do you like Elvis? Um, and then it ends, it ends when as she leaves as soon as she gets out. And I was just like, right, it's perfect. Like, you know, basically it's, it's her slow creep into existence within and then quick exit from the spotlight of this man. And that's totally fine. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't need like a birth to death, whatever. I mean, like the death part wouldn't happen, obviously. Um, well, cause I feel like if it, well, if it ends with Elvis's death, then is it more about Elvis because he's the one dying? Where is it? The movie ends with her leaving, which is her decision. That's her action yeah. that she takes. 
Yeah, I, it's it's so much better this way. I mean, like it 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 is it is she made the choice to go, and she has made the choice to leave, and it gives her a lot of agency within a story that could very easily have painted her as a pure victim. Um, and I I think it's I think it's great this way. I think the framing is perfect. Like, I don't know that we need more, and I think that it is it is there's like a certain clarity of being like. He was fucking Elvis. Of course he was going to take up all the oxygen in the room. Of course he is the important part of this story from sheer cultural impact and everything. But I exist within it. And the fact that you only see him as long as she's with him, it, 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 the, the whole thing works in reverse. Like if, if, the, if he were really the most important person in the movie, the movie would end with him. But it ends with her. She yeah. bookends this. You know, and I think that that says a lot. And I think that it's also just smart economical storytelling. Yes. Thank you. We're, I agree. we're all agreeing too much. And you we can all fucking tell him I said so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what did we think of the music choices? Because I thought they really helped create mood. And sometimes I think music in films, if they're, if it's like... Um, needle drop after needle drop, it can be a little too telling the story with the the songs instead of the actual story but i thought everything that they chose just really enhanced the environment of the film i agree i thought it was i thought it was great i've seen some takes online of people saying the priscilla needle drops are too on the nose but i have never seen flight (laughs) i've never seen flight oh first of all flight's an incredible movie but the needle drops are so on the nose it's fucking bonkers I've definitely seen movies that were way, way worse about it. Like the Suicide Squad. <laughs> I've only seen the second. Oh, uh, one I of know. that I one. I never saw the second one. No, the first one. The the needle drops come hard and fast, and they are fucking intolerable. But like, Flight is a movie where a man will snort a line of cocaine and then feeling all right will play. Um, oh, and then, like, that's his, God. his drug dealer will show up, and Sympathy for the Devil will play. Oh, like, fuck off. Never, it, ever. Like, once again, I love this movie. It's incredible. Uh, Whip Whitaker is my hero. But those needle drops are so on the goddamn nose. It's like almost funny to a certain point. What did this movie end on? Because I was like a little bit like this is borderline, but it still worked for me. Flight. This movie? Yeah. Like this movie when she's driving off into the sunset. After oh, it she was a, I Will Always Love You by Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah. So absolutely fully way on the nose and yet Dude, i mean but, was uh, i tearing up you're right Whatever. my heart was moved yeah yeah it was incredible i loved it <laughs> and the job there's, there's also like the soundscape i think it was called my my elixir like that's what's playing when mm-hmm. she's driving right before the oh, um yeah, right before the dolly part in i'm just i i like how she really used um like kind of more ambient like net mm-hmm. like modern music like porches um and like obviously her man's is phoenix so um <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna meld the like more modern sounds with um the more music of the time like the dolly parton cover and the the ramones cover which i thought was really funny <laughs> at the beginning yeah god that i even like the first few seconds of the movie, just speaking about the beginning, were so they just immediately drew me in when she's her in that feet. diner. Oh, oh wait, you weren't feet. talking about her feet. 
No, sorry. I was just thinking like what she's sitting in that <laughs> diner and the lighting is so dark and you're just like, yes, you are a teenager and it is 1960 and you're bored as fuck in Germany. Right. You, you've got the ponytail. You're drinking Coca-Cola from a bo- glass bottle through a straw. It's like, okay, you're Pleasantville. A, yeah, you're a fucking malt shop pinup, whatever. And um, I'm looking at I'm looking at it now. Not so much was, a pinup, but like a a teeny a bopper. No, yeah. What's like, like a like a like a Norman Rockwell style like advertisement? Like, yeah. hey, for cold drinks sold here. Um, I'm looking at the the soundtrack listing, and I I don't feel like any of this was too on the nose for me. I mean, like, sure, yeah, Crimson Clover. Love it when that shows up. I love you for sentiment. Oh, reasons. I loved that. But was that the Chrissy Hind, or was that the other version of it? Tommy James and the Shondells. Oh, thank you. Yes. I, cu- I actually couldn't tell when I was listening to it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, feel, I feel like the fact that I'm not going like, oh, yeah, it was really like crazy when this other thing happened. Like, I, I feel like just that means that it wasn't that bad. I know that's like super, what's the word? Uh, subjective. But hell, it's a fucking movie podcast. Of course, it's going to be super subjective. Brian, were you anticipating liking this movie? Were you skeptical? I, I... Uh, that's a great question. I, uh, as I've said, I love Marie Antoinette. Um, we talked about Virgin Suicides, and I feel like I was effusive in my praise for that. Uh, completely forgot On the Rocks existed. Uh, so you and everyone else. Um, but like, I remember being underwhelmed by the Beguiled, but I liked somewhere. You know, I, I, I feel like I will always be excited for a new Sofia Coppola. Um, and uh, yeah, I so I wasn't sure if I would like it, but I was excited for it. I wasn't looking at it going like, oh, this is going to be so terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked that trailer that they dropped. And um, yeah, so I was I was anticipating this movie. I thought I would at least like it. And I I, I really, really loved it. It was really good. So what about I'm you, Katarina? About <laughs> I mean, considering uh... you didn't have much of a, a knowledge of Priscilla beforehand, or I mean, and maybe you went into it for the director, but I'm just curious. Yeah, I went into it knowing I was going to be a fan. I was definitely trying to be a little bit skeptical just because I know I keep shitting on On the Rocks. I feel bad. I'm sorry, On the Rocks. <laughs> but like, uh, the la- that's the, her last two movies. So like the last 10 years, I was like, oh, no. Like, does she still have it? Yes, she does. So I, I went in knowing i was gonna love it i mean yeah virgin suicide somewhere like we we can keep listing her filmography um over and over i mean i'm a huge bling ring fan like that's one of my favorite movies um in translation so yeah i knew i knew i was i i i was gonna be yeah. really upset if if this if this movie did not hit for me i would have been pretty disappointed that she she has a visual style that i find narcotic in the best way Mm, um, I think that's a perfect word for you. Uh, word for this. Yeah, it like the second that I that I the, the people in the fucking Slack channel are gonna go nuts when I say this. The second I saw those like painted toenails walking in that incredible yeah. plush carpet. Oh She's yes, the toenails. I that, felt like I was sinking into a in. warm bath. I was like, yeah, I'm here. I fully <laughs> agree with you. And now the first thing I decided was that I want to get that exact color for my next pedicure. That like bright pinky red Core not red a dark kinda. deep red yeah. not a thick red like a like a mm. so here's so yeah. so on the uh, yeah I'll go again on the note of like loving that color and loving all this stuff I 
I found the way that he was managing her image to be incredibly compelling and nuanced. Yes. He wasn't like, like, I feel like a lot of times when we see a man trying to dictate how a woman looks, he's like, I want you to look a certain, like, you know, you should like dress innocent or you should dress sexy or like, you know, have your hair up. And he espoused a level of knowledge of the way that different aspects of aesthetics interact with a person's frame and personality that mm-hmm. was super compelling to me. And I was like, right, this is a man who has the perfect image. Of course he would. So he was like, no, no, no. Brown's not your color. You know, it muddies things up. Like the, the black hair will make your eyes pop. And there's a point where he says, you know, oh my God, like you got to take that off. Like there's the, the trim on that dress. You disappear within it. You know, honey, you're a small girl. You can't handle prints like that. You need solid colors. And I was like, yeah, he's like is- her, he, he's her gay best friend. Right, right. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. There have been moments where I have been that man for the women in my life. Like there are there are a couple of say women that. who will say Honey, you can't handle You're like, honey, the prince, you're so small. <laughs> I've never gone that. dress is swallowing death. you. <laughs> but like people will reach out to me for my opinion on things because they know I will put some thought into it and be like, oh yeah, that A-line with that, you know, more blousy top is like a really good Well, your daughter's, your daughter's very lucky then. Yeah, yeah. She will be at least because for kids stuff, I'm just like, look, look, we got to get out the door. Here's a goddamn pair of pants. Here's a shirt. (laughs) Doesn't matter. But like I am getting better. As she grows up and as like we collect ourselves more, uh, we're being able to accessorize things better. So like, yes. Um, but like, yeah, friends will send me like pictures of their nails and be like, what do you think of these? And I'll be like, they're incredible. Or they'll be like, look at this eye makeup. And I'll be like, holy shit, white was a bold choice, but it paid off. And so, yeah, it's 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 great to see a movie where like that level of knowledge is brought in. Because usually it would be like, oh, right. Elvis used to tell her like how to dress. And it would just be like, you know, uh, you. Well, it's like, not more. it's not like a vertigo way. It's not like. Right. He, yeah. he is a management. He, he manages his own image to an extent. And he is going to manage hers as well, because this is like the world that they live in. Yeah, But again, it's not like dressing up to look so hot girl, but it's also not dressing her up to look so like middle school gingham, you know? Right. I love the scene when they're in the, the boutique and he's got his like entourage with him. Like, Yeah, we need to bring that back. We need to bring that back. <laughs> yes, we need to bring back men and all of their male friends watching. Shopping guys, with your girl. Oh, oh my God. I when he is like, girl, I'm taking you shopping, and he's just like opens up that car door. I looked at my husband. I was like, when are you fucking taking me shopping? Oh, <laughs> and to be fair, this and man that's why he was like, that's why he was like, but... he was like, I hate this movie. Your husband was like, uh, I don't like this movie. No, <laughs> it's different because look, do I drag my husband into every cute little small town tchotchke shop? Yes, but he is dragged. Like, it's not like one day he's just like, here is my credit card. Like, let's, you know, let's go to all the cute little boutiques. It's, oh, I should not be disparaging him. I'm just, I'm not. Like, <laughs> we, we go into stores together. We love shopping. My husband is extremely, like, fashion forward, um, especially for a straight man. But it's not the same, like, daddy is taking care of you thing. And I think I want that a little bit. I don't even know how to respond. <laughs> Daddy. Daddy's taking care of you. I um I was talking to I was talking to a friend of mine and I said something like, I'm in daddy mode right now. And she was like, I know you're talking about your daughter. 
can never <laughs> say those words together again. I was like, thank you. Yeah, I should not. Have a daddy that. is not a father. Right, right. But like my daughter calls me daddy. So like when I refer to myself, so like today. today <laughs> someone I, needs to clip that. Someone. Yeah, someone, you need to be like. Someone's going to clip that. I tried to get her to call me da, like a small Irish child, but oh that my didn't God. work. Okay, Outlander, sure. Da. The sheep have left da, the pasture. <laughs> um, she doesn't call you Brian. I honestly, I kind of wish that she would. That would be funny. Um, it would be really funny. I, all of all, like, it's funny because my generation is like not comfortable with be call, being called like Mr. Rowan or whatever. And so like people are trying all kinds of different things. And so it's like, you know, some people will be like, oh, that's Cora's dad. One person was like, yeah, you know, we're trying to get the kids to call people like neighbor or whatever their name is. And I turned and looked at them and I was like, if your kids call me neighbor, Brian, I'm going to lose my shit. Just tell them to call Ew, me Brian. that's so like... Yeah, are you like, like a Mormon? I was like, that's a little cultish. Like, that's like know? a little brother Brian. Right. I'm just like, yeah, yeah exactly. just call me Brian or just Elder call Brian me and just shout at me. So yeah, um... Yeah, I had a friend in Texas and his kids were trying to call me Mr. Brian for a while. I was like, fuck no, just call me Brian. So mm-hmm. I don't care. I just can't. I can't with this shit. Like, how about you're just Doctor Brian? That has graphic tusks. Uh, yeah, that would be great. Oh, that's never going to get me in trouble. Um, <laughs> honestly, if these kids would just call me by my last name, like people did when call I call me by call me by name. my last name, call me by my last name. Yeah, if like they just came up to me and were like, "Hey, Rowan," I'd be like, "Perfect. This is great." In that's college, a little aggro. In college, that was my name. People called me Rowan. I, it was that's weird different. They're your start, peers. Yeah, and now these children who are the future, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to finish <laughs> that. But my daughter today at the polls because I had to stand at the fucking polling place all day. That's like the worst part of running for office, by the way, is everyone expects you to stand at the polling place. I would love mm. to go back in time, not stand at any of the polling places, and see if I gain or lose any votes. Um. What was I going to say? Yeah, she was looking at my sign and she's like, why does it say your name? I was like, people need to know how to, who to vote for. They want them to vote for me. She's like, why doesn't it just say dad? I was like, Aww. I was like, that would be adorable. But also, I think I would not achieve any kind of margin of victory if I said dad. No one would know whose dad I was. She was like, well, I'd stand next to it. I was like, perfect. Great. <laughs> let's Let's try that next time. There will not be a next time for anyone listening. I can't do this again. <laughs> But we're proud of him anyway. Yay. Yes. Once again, 22 months from now, I will be petitioning. To daddy be- mode. Yes. Full daddy mode. Oh, my God. Was Priscilla calling Elvis daddy? Hmm. No. Next question. No. I don't think so. And, um, yeah, I, I was about to say, that's, that would be weird. I wouldn't be okay with that. <laughs> well, in her book, she she calls him, like, father sometimes. Not daddy. Stop. I'm not kidding. Does he? Did he ever call her Wait. mother? Because that's a, like a weird Southern thing. Not really. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's the weird Southern thing. I hadn't like, even like considered that. Pants. I hadn't yeah, even considered yeah. that angle. Um, there's a, like there are some people who do that, like where it's like mother, father, and it's I, I don't know. I mean, I kind of saw it more as like she was literally in his care when she was in high school yeah. okay so what's what's i don't know. I mean daddy has become kind of an accepted but daddy is like a gen z thing i guess not gen, gen z? z but it's no, like newer no, it's no. like newer it's not like that's not like slang for the time right no 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 but i was so yeah. i was gonna ask because i think daddy is like gen x and up right okay but um is it more awkward to call someone you were sexually involved with daddy or father or father <laughs> 
depends. Yeah. First of all, father. Second of all, it depends on the context. Like, are you doing it during coitus or are you doing it playfully, ironically, or are you doing it like, I don't know, when you're trying to be kissy kissy? Yeah, I don't just, know. Just I, to take this up another level, she also refers to him as God occasionally. God. So that's even higher than Father. Okay, you got to give us all the juice. God like, give us Father. three yeah. facts about this book that were not included in the movie. That were there's just- there's a lot of really cute and also horrifying stories that didn't make it into the movie. All right, give us some. Give that us I was a little disappointed tea. by. Um, one that is cute. I'll start with is she was a really really terrible cook famously i mean she never had to cook anything and so she she like threw a dinner party and she was so proud she was gonna make a lasagna and she got this lasagna recipe and she was like all excited and she made a lasagna for elvis and all of his besties and then they cut into it and she didn't cook the actual pasta but elvis was like "Mm, this is delicious and he just like ate it up and made all of his friends eat up her extremely uncooked lasagna and it was like crunchy crunchy crunching they're fully crunching like popcorn into this pasta (laughs) that she did not cook which i think is so cute yeah like your lover um clearly hates what you made but he's like i love it anyway and then he makes all of his friends eat it too super cute yeah, but then he also is. takes her he he also took her to the morgue just to be like hey you need to see a dead body <laughs> just for no reason just for no reason just in the middle just of the for night. like pure that's some, education like, that's some like crazy just, Ernest Hemingway which is shit. crazy <laughs> which is a crazy thing to do period so she was like yeah I saw, that's when I saw my first dead body is when Elvis uh do you need cute, hashtag cute date idea he j- he was just like you need to see the realities of death. So there was that Facebook post that went viral because it was like these are the places women don't want to be taken on a first date, and it was like the movies, coffee, church. Like I wonder if the morgue was on there. The morgue. I don't think it was. I feel like I remember um, if the morgue was on there. I think I would rather go to the morgue than church on a date, but that's I mean, just look, me. Look, I go to church every fucking Sunday. I would legitimately never take someone to church on a date, and I don't know. I don't even know how you would do that. Even if they went to church, church, like a tour, like okay, just be like, let's go to church. You're thinking it's not a mass. You're thinking like, let's go to St. Patrick's. No, no, I was thinking the way you're thinking. I'm thinking, let's just go to church. Yeah, right. Like, let's go take in the host, and we'll we're gonna go. We'll kneel. Yeah, Robin seems to think you're talking about like touring a historic church. Yeah, like that's different. That is 100. percent You said going to church. I think I think when they said church, they meant church service, not just. Robin, have you edifice. been to church? I have toured churches. So you've never been to church, though. Like you've never. Well, I'm Jewish. Wow. Hosier okay. Never well, that makes sense. Church. What? Hosier? Am I? Is it? Are, have Hosier, we all forgotten yeah. Hosier? Oh, I mean that's a that's a metaphor. Yes, I'm a. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I was just um, trying to make a simple, stupid joke. I once went to... Robin said, take I, me to synagogue. Okay. <laughs> take but also don't. Um, there, my, my friend once, um, I guess I went to my first Catholic church when I was 17 because my friend was being um, confirmed as a Catholic at the time. Like, like mm-hmm. I decided I'm, I'm fully Catholic now and... Yep. That was the first time I ever went to like a service, but I wouldn't call that having like a like 
it, it wasn't like a Sunday where it was just, you know, like a regular situation. Yeah, no, that's like a whole ass thing. Yeah. yeah. But that was maybe the one time. But like every church I've been to otherwise was like, oh, we're going to like take pictures of this church. We're going to look at these like cute organs. Okay, but so what's interesting is that when they went to the morgue, he also said, we're going to look at these cute organs. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nailed it. Yeah, you did. Thank you. Well, um, before we, uh, I don't know, I, 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 I was going to say before we wrap up, we don't have to wrap up, but I do, I want to, uh, now that we've talked this much um, about the daddy and the father thing, um, Robin, what do you call your husband? Do you have any weird ass names? Oh, I absolutely call him daddy. Okay. But, you know, it's like one of those things that started out ironic and then became less and less ironic over right. time. Oh, my God. Yeah. I had a friend in, in high school once and he jokingly called his girlfriend mistress. And she oh said, no. if, you keep, if you keep saying that jokingly one day, it's just going to be true. And then she slapped him on the ass. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that relationship is. That is just goals. turned. Yeah. I mean, Nick is daddy. Nick is brother. Nick is mommy. Like, we're just all the things. And never in a sexual context. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. All right, It'll be interesting if we have kids. <laughs> we're both, both going to be like, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we're, I, all, we're all fully weird nickname people. I can't, my, my ex left us so early that I don't think she ever had to like call me mm. anything to, to my daughter um, until we were like divorced. Nothing so, like, printed. Yeah, so it was never like, oh, go talk to dad, like, go talk to blah, blah, blah. So I don't even know what she calls me to our daughter now. I always say, go talk to your mother. I don't say, like, go talk to mom, because mm. I don't want any level of ownership. Exactly. <laughs> and there is a level of ownership. Yeah, I don't want to be like, go talk to mom, because that makes it seem like we're a team and that's her title. Exactly. Go talk to no. your mom. Like, this yeah. one has nothing to do with me. She's all yours, kid. Mm -hmm. Good luck with Distance. the rest of your fucking life. Um <laughs> He's not bitter. I'm not. No, no, no. Yes, I am. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what do yeah. you call your partner, Katarina? Um, his name. Most oh, boring. Boring answer. No. What do you call your male oh. parent if you have one? Uh, I do have one. I call him dad also boring okay I call, him, I call him bill sometimes that's his name his does it make name. him upset or so is boring. he accept that uh, he's pretty, <laughs> pretty chill about it do you guys mm. call your parents by their first names no never i call my mother um, so like i call my mother and father my mother and father but when i talk to them directly it's dad and ma Okay. But oh, never the name. Yeah, such a New Yorker. No, uh, yeah, it is a New York thing. No, yeah. Ah. I'm, never, I'm never like, hey, Deb or Debbie or Bernie. No, that's fucking weird. No. They're they're my parents. Yeah, my parents died weird. when I was 19, so I don't yes, you call them anything. Nothing anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I people think it's weird that I call my father my father. I don't know. That's never like my dad. Mm. I don't know. Seems pretty normal. I also have a friend who thinks it's very weird that I constantly refer to my daughter as my daughter. She's like, you know, I know your daughter's what? name. And I'm like, yeah, but like I'm telling this story and I feel like I need to give full context to everyone's relationship to me. <laughs> I'm sure at some point I'll get to the point where I tell a story about my daughter and I use her name, but I am not at that point yet. 
I don't know what to tell you. So when I write the story of my life, she will just be constantly called my daughter. Hmm. Yeah. So Adam's rib of you. Oh, yes. Yeah. Now that I understand what you said. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. Did I slur? I, I heard I didn't. I it took me a while to realize what Adam's rib meant. I It sounded like one word for a second. Sorry. Like it was someone's name. Like Adam. I shall enunciate for you. Who is this Adam Srib you talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Some Serb. Yeah, precisely. Miss <laughs> uh, to Mister and Mrs. Srib, a child, Adam. <laughs> um, so, any uh, final thoughts on Priscilla? Her putting on the fucking fake lashes to go have her child drove me out. That's a true fact. Oh, true again, iconic. Real. I, so yes, now I, I was looking at some pictures of Priscilla actually, I, and there are like she looks so much like my mother. Maybe that's where some of my sort of fetishizing of her looks come from because uh, there's like a direct overlap between my mom's um, uh, face and hair and all and makeup to hers, you know, and they're they're very much the same time period. Um, and there is this also quote unquote legendary photo of my mother having just had a C-section and she is fully made up and sitting in the hospital bed holding me. And I don't know. I just like, these are the standards that I must live up to. So it will be me putting on my glamnetic, you know, lashes. You're going to put lashes on. We'll see. I lost one of my glamnetics and I had to like get rid of the set, but maybe I'll get some more. You can buy new ones. Good I luck. could. They're the eighty dollars, so I don't know. I'm sorry. They're how much? Eighty dollars. Small, okay. small price to pay for perfection. You know what? Thank you. Honestly, I appreciate you can that. do it. As have a- your have your husband buy them for you. Yeah, daddy. I, I'll be honest. I I like a girl with good lashes. Like can't can't deny that. So if you if know, my- if I was so rich, I would just get the like the, the extensions. The, the, oh, absolutely. The fillers. Yeah, those extensions. I am. Yeah, like legitimately, if my if my wife were to walk in and be like, "Don't get mad, I spent eighty dollars on like these incredible magnetic lashes," I'd be like, "Okay, put them on. All right, perfect." You'd be like, "I'm not mad. <laughs> fine. Let's go, honey." Yeah, like let's, this is great. I um, yeah, we're not we're not about to get into like me and my relationships and makeup and stuff. No, we're not doing that. Mm. <laughs> I will talk about my best friend mm. killing himself before I talk about buying makeup with the women i've dated i feel um, it you know what's weird is that so, so I, what i will say is that i i recall almost to a person what each of their preferred makeup brands was i don't know why okay we're getting okay, into say them like... first, first name and last name say them on the pod <laughs> yeah i'm gonna just i will give you their <laughs> phone numbers and their social security numbers um no, I mean, one of them was like totally into Mac. Every time we'd go to the mall, she'd be like, we have to hit up the Mac store. And I'd be like, great. Okay, is this looked, 2005? Yeah, and she was literally and she was, was 2007. <laughs> was I she think. fake? Was she fake? Like a real person, but, you know, she was she shallow? Oh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like Mac. I can tell. She, she was one of those. She she actually, I certain parts of Priscilla reminded me of her because she used to make her hair big. In that kind of like the, bu- the bouffant <laughs> way. And she would pin back her bangs so they were a little puff on the top of her head. Oh, was this like a little like rockabilly girl? Uh, yeah. She was definitely a, a lit. I'm not going to say definitely a little girl. She was definitely a short woman. 
Um, I don't know if she was rockabilly, but she had some some of that going on. Uh, my ex was uh, enjoyed uh, stuff like Urban Decay, and um, I think ColourPop was the lip color she liked a lot. Mm. So she's cheap. Yeah, oh, shit. Looked, wow, first of so all. So basically all your friends are shallow, cheap. No, no, no. I'm lots. just, this is. This is just based on what I know, okay? This I mean, like, just look, we were what married. I know. I, it's not false to say that we had very limited funds at the time, and so I appreciated that she was able to get really good colors that were not that expensive. Exactly. I don't know what to tell you. Another friend of mine likes this nail polish brand. This is crazy that we're fucking talking about this. She likes this <laughs> nail polish brand that I think was made by someone who names them really weirdly, overtly, aggressively sexual things. Do you know the name of the brand? I can't. No, I I could maybe hmm. scroll through our conversations and stuff, but uh, Robin's googling it right now. I'm I'm she's trying to figure it out. It. Aggressively <laughs> sexual nail polish names, Robin, and let's see what pops up. I'm just gonna remove the uh, the um safe search adverb and just <laughs> sexual nail polish names or something. Oh frig! Anyway, so oh frig is that? Um, I deleted it by accident. Oh, no. So what I will say is I think that there is an aspect of me and my personality that I appreciate that level. As a person who legitimately people started making, not making fun of, well, no, making fun of the fact that at every campaign thing I wore just a black t-shirt. And in all of my pictures, it was just me in a black t-shirt. And I said, look, I have a brand. I'm never going to put my name on a fucking shirt. Everyone will see me in a black t-shirt. I have a unified aesthetic. Um, but really, so you look just- like a grip? Yeah, I look like a grip constantly. Um, and so, like, as a person who does not accessorize at all and, like, gets one haircut every, like, three to four months, I still really appreciate and, and like, you know, pay attention to that level of stuff. And I think that for whatever reason, that's one of the reasons I vibed with this movie so hard. Because, like, I understand the work that goes into it. And I understand the deeper meaning behind it. Like, I understand when you see someone doing something like that that there is a motivation behind it. And I, I love movies that take the time to do that shit. And it's really, it's like, it's really good character building. And that's another reason why you come out of this movie feeling like, you know, Priscilla or at least what she has gone through so incredibly well. Well, and the, there's that line with the Chanel number five, where like, we know that she wears Chanel number five and then Elvis smells it. And he's like, he's like, what, what per- what perfume is that? And she goes Chanel number five, and Priscilla gets up immediately. I I like I like winced in my seat. I was like, oh my god, you yeah, recognize your you can't recognize your your brand? wife's perfume. It's Chanel number five, also like the most right, yeah, it's not iconic like perfume of all time. <laughs> right, you know what perfume that is. And because of him missing that, there's only there's like many ways to interpret that, and all of them are not flattering to him. No. It's like either he is not paying attention to his wife or he's asking this woman a question because he's flirting with her. You know, he d- he doesn't want to be like, oh, I know that scent because it's my wife's preferred scent. He's like, oh, what is that? It's so enchanting. Uh, fucking dick. <laughs> you got to yeah. know your wife's perfume. You 100% Brandon. have to know what your wife's That's is. essential. Because what else? How else are you going to buy uh, one of the 20 presents you get her every Christmas? One of the presents has to be her scent, either in liquid or in soap form. <laughs> okay, Bath and Body Works. <laughs> Did you find the nail polish brand, Robin? No, because now there's like, you Google it and there's like 
15 of the best brands that do sexual nail polish. I'm like, okay, BuzzFeed, like, leave me alone. <laughs> All right. So you're just going to have to do your job. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out and I'll post it on the Slack. So that's another Ooh, reason Slack exclusive. our Patreon. <laughs> so you can <laughs> find out what this aggressive sexual, nail, sexual polish. nail polish name is. Yeah. Um, she should she should release a brand. She should do like a nail polish. Sexual Priscilla nail <laughs> no, so the A twenty four. Come on, A twenty four. They I'm, got the merch. So what's funny is when Robin said like I will, I want that color for my pedicure. I was like, I'm sure A twenty four is about to release. They got to be on it. Oh, if they do they not, have an eye makeup okay. palette. They've there is an eye makeup palette. And shit. Yeah, they better have. <laughs> there's that. an there's a Priscilla eye makeup palette. There is a baby tea with rhinestones on it. That's those are the only two that I remember off the top. A twenty four. If you're drawing... gonna do a gift box, please put some nail polish in it like that pinky red please when i please when sponsor I watched, robin when yes I watched her drawing that that wing on her eye with the liquid eyeliner oh my god wasn't it like France. sexual dude yes 100 yes. <laughs> <laughs> percent. i was like i need that <laughs> this is just like now that we're back from hiatus i feel like i'm just like really letting it all out it's just like yeah. let's just talk about how much i love watching women put on makeup that doesn't come off as creepy this is like instead of ASMR, you're just like paint the horse. Did you say wait, horse? Paint the horse. Okay, horse. Okay. Okay. I heard horse too. I heard horse. <laughs> like, what does paint the horse mean? You know what it means. Oh my god. Um, does any okay, we're clearly getting punchy and loopy yeah. and we've hit 141. I feel like we're good. Does anyone have any final thoughts to say about Priscilla, a movie that we all clearly liked a lot. Um, and unfortunately, I think that made the episode shorter because no one had to argue with anyone. We True. didn't argue. We didn't Not, argue at all. Yeah, no. We just, what, what Robin needs to do, what Robin needs to do. <laughs> what Robin? What needs to do is she needs to give us more of her husband's bad opinions about this movie. Oh, so we can argue he was like, it was boring. Yeah. It dragged. It was badly paced. And oh, wow. Because he's not Elvis. He knows he, he's not Elvis. He needs to be thrown no. He loved Elvis so much that he bought himself like an Elvis style oh no shirt when we were in Italy oh and no. he he was Elvis um in that, that shirt so he loves that shit like McDazzle you him up like he is Las Vegas I he to him this was just too sleepy and but he won't buy you eighty dollar lashes well no I bought myself eighty dollar lashes I'm okay. a feminist Priscilla. <laughs> um, but yeah, now I need, him, I need him to make up for it by buying me $80 lashes I, I can understand yeah. that there is a certain type of person to whom the as I said narcotic state of this mm. movie might not appeal but I am not that person and I don't want to know that person <laughs> yeah. well I mean I'm not going to disparage my husband he didn't hate the movie he was just not as into this, into its energy in the way that I was gotcha well, we can forgive that. He has many other fine qualities. Yes, he does. Yes, he took great care of you when your jaw was consensually broken by a doctor. He, like, he bent over backwards, and he's wonderful. Yay. And made me so many soups. Now take her shopping. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy. 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 Okay. Awesome. Uh, Katarina, would you like the last word in whatever way you determined to take that? Sure. I have I have one final thought. Um A24 give give Sofia Coppola more money. 
yeah. to make oh some more gosh. movies, Ooh. please. Because uh, I know that article is kind of making the rounds about like A24 wants to go into more quote unquote commercial, more, you know, mainstream movies. I'm like, you got Sofia Coppola right there. And an- another thing that kind of went viral was how much struggle Sofia Coppola had to go through to get this movie funded and mm-hmm. how they only had 30 days to shoot. So it, I think it's it's very impressive that they made the movie that they made. And I think they, with more time and more money, obviously, it can only get better. Yeah, it does not feel like a small movie. It does not feel like a, like a tiny indie. I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like we didn't talk enough about how incredible Kaylee Spaney is. But I think that's because oh, we yeah. so much about... Oh, yeah, Robin, I have a question for you, Oscar. Yeah. What are what are the odds for our girl Kaylee? She's she's new. She's right out the gate, but she got the Venice. She got Venice Best Actress. So, so here's the thing. The Nam, right? I mean, the, I well, something. we'll see. Uh, the Academy loves an ingenue. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's. I think she definitely will be in the conversation. We'll see if this movie has continual traction because so much is about the timing. Um, to me, it's probably it, it could go the route of a Kristen. Oh my God! Why did oh I Spencer? Thank you. Yeah, where yeah, it's like I, she I was, totally get that. What's yeah. her last name? Why am I blanking? Stewart. Thank you. Yeah, so Kristen Stewart. So she got so much Oscar buzz like at the beginning of the season. Then it went completely away, and oh, they yeah. were like, "There's absolutely no way she's going to get a nom." And then you know. That January morning, it was like gasp in the room as she actually pulled through. So I do think that Spaney has definitely a shot. I think a lot will depend on how, I mean, I guess one of the questions I have is like, is Gladstone going Mm. to go supporting or lead? I think there were some rumors that she was going to go lead. Now it's back to supporting, but ultimately it's not up to her or the studio you know, how, um, how the Academy votes, because as we know, with Kate Winslet, she was, mm-hmm. you know, back in the days of the reader and like, oh, eight, oh, nine, she was going supporting. And then the Academy was like, okay, category fraud, like, no. And it, it's, she still clinched it. She got the, the win. So who knows with Gladstone, I think she has a chance of pushing people out of the race, depending on which way it ends up going. But yeah, I'm, I'm very curious about that one. I think, uh, I think she's so strong in it because it's such a subtle performance. And that and that's almost like why we didn't talk about it, right? Because she so embodies the spirit of this movie that there was almost like, it, it didn't feel like acting in a right. way. That's, you know, and that's what I was going to say. Like, we didn't talk about her much because when we were talking about her, we were talking about Priscilla. And I feel like that level yeah. of like metamorphosis. It's I just in her to, eyes. It's dude, so much like, in her eyes. Just yeah. seeing her sitting there at any given moment, I was like transfixed in a way that like honestly made me uncomfortable when she was playing a 14-year-old. I was like, I hate this. I also Yeah, she did say, a good job. I fucking 100% forgot about Spencer. When you said Spencer, no, I was like... No, how thinking, could you? Spencer's so good. So what's crazy? Mm, I didn't I like that I saw much. Spencer. I, I, I loved uh, Jackie. The other mm-hmm. Pablo Lorraine, Jackie's here's great. a famous woman yeah. movie. Um, and uh, Natalie Portman robbed. Yeah, yeah, I loved famously. her in that movie. She was so good. When I, I think, think she was lucky to get a nomination. <laughs> when I, wow. When, I, when mm. I think of that Jackie uh, interview where she's like talking about the the White House, I I yeah. see Natalie Portman. Now, Natalie Portman, Jackie. 
So like, yeah, I do need to see Spencer. It's apparently streaming on Hulu, so that's cool. Maybe I'll. Do it's that. very good. Don't listen to Robin. It's great. If you like, thought Jackie, it was like the. Okay, well, I mean, Princess Diana's life, you know. It's got Timothy. Well, okay. To be fair, I am dark there. I am. No, what? Very the Crown, and so oh, okay. you know, you see like Elizabeth. Just say Dibicki. you love the Queen and go. <laughs> I never said that. I just think the the performances that I saw in the show just, you know, I thought Kristen Stewart was so much like eyes in that movie, like blinky eyes and like double barreled stare and, 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 and coquette. And I just felt like Elizabeth Debicki and um, Emma Corrin just did it so much more naturally. So I will say that Spencer was written by the writer who did Eastern Promises and Lock and Serenity. Uh, so I'm totally into this. You, you, it's very good. I've never seen an episode of The Crown, so I cannot, I cannot speak to I've never Elizabeth Debicki. I'm a crown head. I'm not a crowner. Um, and Elizabeth Debicki is incredible. I love her in Tenet, uh, a movie that I've seen way too many times. She's really good she's in good The in, Crown. She's good in Wood, Widow. Widows? Oh, Widows? Is yeah, she is. Yeah. Oh, my she's God. Now I want to watch Widows. Um, she got a lot of attention for that movie. It's so... She's incredible and everything. Um, What was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, Kristen Stewart. I finally watched Underwater the other day. Really good movie. Uh, how was that? It's I good. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It, like, it, it's, it's like... It's like the perfect of what it is. Like, it begins and it, it like, starts off nuts and it just keeps getting nuttier. And uh, yeah, I really liked it. Um, so if, if you haven't watched Underwater yet, I think it's also on Hulu. I watched it right after I watched The Empty Man, which is was that this on year? Hulu. Uh, Underwater was like 2001 or 2000 or something. I don't know. Let's look it up. Oh. And then we should probably start wrapping up because, yeah, 2020 Underwater. Wow. I, this I can't I can't remember. This might have been like one of those like the last movies that hit theaters before it all went down, you know? Mm. Yeah. yeah, the Quiet Place Two. No, Quiet Place Two is the one that brought it back. That yeah, that came out. No, no, it was supposed to. It was oh, supposed yeah, to no, hit, but but it didn't. And then actually, it didn't. But like it didn't this actually. movie came out in January tenth of twenty. Oh, like it was out. It was out. It was like this: the rhythm section, which is actually a movie that I did enjoy, but probably would never watch again. Um, that was Blake Lively being like Jason Bourne. Oh right. Mm. Um, directed by uh. Moreno, I can't remember. Uh the the woman who directed like and set the palette for um Handmaid's Tale. Oh, Reed. Reed, yeah, that's it. Um I I enjoyed the rhythm section. I actually read that book this summer. Uh pretty good book. Um But yeah, it was this, the rhythm section and then like I think First Cow and and The Way Back. Man, The Way Back was also good. Anyway, that's a definite guy cry. And first cow, first cow is great. First cow is good. I I want I want those goddamn donuts. They look really good. Yeah. Uh, no oily cakes. Oily cakes. That's right. Uh, my favorite part of first cow was the fact that I, when we re- recorded our review of that, I just continuously used cow puns in the titles of famous doomed romance novels. <sighs> It's easy. There are so many good ones. Yeah. It was like, oh, Madame Bovinery or like Anna Cowder. All right. You've got Moo. <laughs> we're we're done here. Lady Cowderly's lover. Stop it. <laughs> All right. Puns um, are a scourge. No, puns are the best. Um, 
What was I going to say? I think that's it. Um, any any final final thoughts, Katarina? This is like the third time I've asked you this. Um, yeah, I think I think we about All right. I think we about crushed it. Cool. We finally. Thank you so much for having me. This was oh, a blast. Thank you so much for being here. I, I would love to come back. So that uh, we can oh, yeah. argue. I would love to actually argue because I I do love to argue. So I feel right, like well, we disagreed. DM Robin whenever you yeah. <laughs> you feel like you've hit upon something that you don't think we would like or that you liked that you think okay. we would hate, and we'll have you back. That sounds awesome. Thank you so what much. What are what are what are genres that you tend not to like? Well, I hated the whale, and you guys <laughs> love the whale. Right, well, so the next movie about a morbidly obese. So game, we will exactly. have you back on, <laughs> please. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't like any... the killer very much either. I don't know if you guys saw mm, the new adventure. I have not, not yet. seen the killer. Everybody yet. seems to be loving it. I was I've not heard mixed so keen. Mixed Most of my friends are like loving it. And I'm like, I don't know if we watch the same movie. I think it's just very like meta textual and like very commenting on Fincher's own work. And I was just like, I would just rather watch a movie that I, that hmm. I like. Well, uh, it might break us to have you back that quickly, but keep yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Other things, yeah, absolutely. And I'll make sure I'll re- every once in a while I'll say, "Hey, Robin, have you reached out to Katarina yet?" All right. Have you creepily Word. DM'd that girl you were grooming? <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's all for today, uh, Robin. What are we talking about the next time? Well, you and I need to discuss it, so I don't want to make any promises. All right. Good times. Um, So we will do that after we stop recording this. So, uh, hey, if you're in the Slack channel, you will probably find out, and uh, otherwise it'll be a surprise. Don't forget to email us, podcastfilmstage.com. Go and find us on all the socials at uh, The Film Stage Show, and uh, go to patreon.com slash show to give us your money. And we are brought to you by Mubi, M-U-B-I dot com slash filmstage for a free 30-day trial of Mubi. You can see all of those awesome things that we were talking about uh, earlier, including, I can't even remember what it's called now. (laughs) I know, I remember Ida um, and the uh, Popeye movie that Robin sees. Family Romance LLC. Yes, Family Romance LLC. Um, That and a bunch of other great stuff. Oh, Sex and Lucia is on there too. And don't forget the Passages is still out there. Passages. Oh, yeah, I got to see that. Apparently Room 230. Oh my God, so good. Also rising. good. Yes. I'm just going to keep saying things and you can just keep going. Robin, oh you need God, to see Passages. So yeah, it's one of the last ones from the summer that I missed. Yeah, so I still need to see it. Passages too. Wow. Uh, another, an, an early Christian pet salt is on there. Actually, a couple of early Christian pet salts are on there. So check all those Trend? out. Anyway, uh, mubi.com slash filmstage for a free 30-day trial. Um, but that's that. Let's tell the fine people at home where they can find us and more of our thoughts and opinions in the meantime. Uh, Katarina, let's start with you. Where can people find you online? Yeah, so Twitter, um, at Kat uh, Instagram, at Katarina Doc, and then my substack is katarinadoc.substack.com. Yeah, dude, we didn't even talk about the fact that you dressed up as Priscilla for Halloween. I was Priscilla for Halloween. You can find pictures on the internet. <laughs> um, see how good I did? Yeah, yeah, let me absolutely. know. All right, Robin Barr. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at R-O-B-Y-N-B-A-H-R. I'm also on Letterboxd at the same name. And yeah, I sometimes write for The Hollywood Reporter. Killer. All right, as for me, you can find me on all the social media sites at Brian J. Rowan because I have an impeccable command of my brand. Um, you can go to my personal site, brianjerone.com, to learn more about me and read some of my writing. Uh, go to inkwellwhiskey.com to learn more about the whiskey that I produce. 
And um, I'm not running for city council anymore, so congratulations to me. Um, don't forget to go, <laughs> thank you, to thefilmstage.com to see more of my writing and reviews, and of course to see every episode of this podcast that has ever been produced. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, and tune in next time. <laughs> <laughs>